Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house tonight, amen. And I appreciate uh, the goodness of God and the grace of God in our life, amen. And I'm glad the light's still shining, amen. Don't matter how dark it gets, uh, light will always conquer darkness. And I'm glad we have the victory uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Well, it's a joy to be here. Grab your Bible, it's Jeremiah chapter number 2 tonight. Jeremiah chapter number 2. And I'll go ahead and tell you that now because I had a hard time finding the book of Jeremiah the other day. He said, I'll give you a minute to find it. And um, honest but true. Amen. Uh, but um, I, uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Caldwell, for the invitation to come and be here uh, at Faith Baptist Church in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Wild, wonderful West Virginia. Amen. And a song comes to mind, but I won't sing it, amen. But it's good to be here, and I thank the Lord uh, for your pastor. And uh, he's telling the truth. Uh, we had good fellowship. He said I was one of the only pastors that had anything to do with him when he was down there. He's one of the only pastors that has anything to do with me, and he's up here. <laughs> I have a hard time making friends. I don't know how. I'm such a likable person. <laughs> I mean, he told me that, but I mean... Uh, but. Uh, Hey, I, I found this yesterday. A liberal's paradise. This is a red state, right? Okay, good. Yeah. A liberal's paradise. You know, the liberals are always wanting you know, what they want. Here's a liberal's paradise. This is a place where everybody has guaranteed employment, free comprehensive health care, free education, free food, free housing, free clothing, free utilities, and only law enforcement carry guns. It's called prison. <laughs> Amen. I'll read you another one tomorrow night. Amen. But uh, it's good to be here. Thank you for all those that had a part in that good meal. Man, that was a blessing, and uh, I'm glad. I, I like to eat, amen, and uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. Somebody said, you're skinny. I don't, I don't like to eat, amen. I, I enjoy it. I just preach it off, amen. And uh, thank you for the nice hotel room, the basket, uh, just all your kindness to me. I do appreciate that. I don't take that lightly. I know what, it go, what, what all goes in having a meeting. I pastored I pastor for seven years, and I know how that goes, and uh, so I appreciate your kindness. I won't be long tonight. Uh, I want to hear Brother Bider preach. It's good to see him again. And I didn't know I was this close to Pennsylvania, and I'd never heard of this part of the I've been down towards Charleston and Hurricane, West Virginia, but I've never been this far north, and so it's good to be here. Jeremiah chapter 2, if you're willing and physically able, if you'll join us by standing. If you're not physically able, you can keep your seat. You're not being disrespectful, but just give you a moment to stretch your legs. Uh, the Lord had me preach this at my church yesterday, and I preached it Sunday morning and Sunday night, and I'm going to try to preach it all in 30 minutes. Amen. And don't tell my church I can do that, because I split it between two services yesterday, and it was more than 30 minutes apiece, I promise you that. So don't t- if you won't say nothing, I won't say nothing, all right? Uh, but the Lord has burned this heavy in my heart, and uh, it may be just because what the Lord's been preaching to me in recent days, but I couldn't get off my heart for tonight, and so I want to try to share what the Lord's assigned to me. Once again, thank you, preacher, for letting me come. I don't take that lightly. I, I'm very grateful for your kindness. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse number 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness in a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the firstfruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend, evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, 
and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me? Watch this phrase, That they are gone far from me, and have walked after vanity, and are become vain. Let's pray a moment. Our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, well, one more time on the basis of the blood of Christ, we come before you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, and your love. Thank you, Lord, for the good travel and mercy that you gave us coming up the road today. Thank you, Lord, for the hospitality and the kindness of this pastor and this church to me already. I already feel at home. And, Lord, I don't take that lightly. And, Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray, Lord, for the next few moments you would cleanse me of sin. And empty me of self, fill me with thy spirit. Help us to be a blessing to this church and this congregation. Lord, I pray, Lord, for the man of God that will come in just a moment to preach. Lord, I pray you'd speak to my heart uh, through the word of God tonight. Have you went away. We'll love you and thank you for it. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I appreciate you for standing while we read the word of the Lord and prayed together. You may be seated. Jeremiah, we know him. And when you talk about Jeremiah, he is known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah was a pre-exile prophet. He began prophesying about the 13th year of King Josiah's reign. He was also about 60 years after Isaiah's uh, passed away. And it's interesting between, I mean, just one turn of your page, 60 years between Isaiah and Jeremiah. We know that God's people lived in rebellion against God and God would send correction, but they would not get it right. And so around 630 B.C., God allowed the Babylonians to come in and wreck... uh, Havoc on the city and take them into the Babylonian captivity. And there we get our stories about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and Esther and things of that nature. And Jeremiah, though, uh, he prophesied uh, for, for several years to before the captivity and even for a few years during the captivity. He did not have a pleasant message to give to God's people. He didn't have a happy message. In fact, God told him they're not going to like it. He said, don't even look at their faces when you preach. They're not going to like what you have to say. I was reading the other day in Jeremiah chapter number 1 and verse number 10. He gave Jeremiah his job description. I wrote this down. And I think this is every man of God's job description. Watch what he said. He said, see, I have set thee this day over nations and over kingdoms. Watch what he's supposed to do. To root out, to pull down, to destroy to throw down, to build, and to plant. In other words, that Jeremiah, before you can build anything and before you can plant anything, you got to clear off a spot. Can I say this? This church has not always been here, this building. And I promise you this, long before the foundation was ever laid, somebody come through here with some bulldozers and backhoes and they cleared off this spot of ground so they could build, build this building. Can I say this? Before we can allow God to build anything out of our life, he's got to get some junk out of the way and get the unnecessary debris out of the way and God has a way of using men of God to pull down to root out I like this one to throw down amen I'm going to have paint on the back of my wall throw down preacher I like that amen throw some things down so we can build and we can plant something for the glory and honor of God now, I, I want to preach on this thought tonight, and I, I don't have time to develop everything like I want to because I don't want to spend more than one night here. But I want to preach on backsliding Baptist church. Now, I didn't drive six hours to come up here and scold you, so be easy now. But the Lord, and I'm not trying to be spooky, but the Lord will speak to you in prayer. I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about louder than that. And I was praying, we have Saturday night prayer meeting in our church, and I had this thought on my heart, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and, he made, and, and this is what the Lord assigned me to tonight. If the relationship between the bride and the groom is not correct, then there's not going to be any new birth going on. This is a soul winning conference. 
We're desiring to have our hearts stirred to see lost men and women and boys and girls saved. But can I say this? We are the bride of Christ. He is the groom. And if our relationship is not right with Him, why should we expect any new births to take place in the church? Uh, David said in Psalm 51, when he's praying that, that prayer of repentance, he said, he, once he got it right, he said, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto you. I believe with all my heart that if the church will get right with God and the church will have a personal revival in their heart and life, we can see men and women and boys and girls saved. I want to, and I mean, if I don't get through all this tonight, I'll come back tomorrow night and deal with it if, if the Lord help. But we're going to get as far as we can. I want to say three things about this tonight in our text. Number one, there is the remembrance of the past in verse number two and verse number three. Watch where he said, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord. Now notice this is not Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is speaking, but Jeremiah is not giving what he thinks. Jeremiah is not giving his opinion in his verse. He is walking out, and God said, I want you to tell him, Thus saith the Lord. Can I say, we need some more, Thus saith the Lord preaching. Hey, I've heard, I've heard some of the greatest preachers in America. And the reason I know they were some of the greatest preachers in America, they told me they were. And I've heard everything they had to say, and I thank God for good godly men. But I want to hear what God has to say. What thus said the Lord. Here's what God said. I remember thee. Watch what he said. He said, number one, I remember your passion. He said, the kindness of thy youth and the love of thine espousals. He said, I know, I know he's talking to Israel. I understand the dispensational aspect, but he is talking to his people, and we can draw an application to us. He looks at him and said, I remember when you loved me. I remember when your passion and your desire and your love was so fervent after me. It reminds me of Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. Jesus through the apostle John is speaking of that church of Ephesus. He said, I appreciate all the good things you've done. He said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast not lost thy first love. Thou hast left thy first love. You know what? I left my keys right over there in that pew. I did not lose. I have lost them before, but I did not lose them tonight. I know right where I left them. Can I say this? You did not lose your love for Christ. You did not lose your fervency for the Lord. But somewhere along the way, you left it somewhere. It might have been in a computer screen. It might have been in a radio. It might have been in a television show. It might have been with that bad attitude or a bad spirit or whatever. But you know that love. Remember when you first, I, I, I was talking about this yesterday in my church. I, this is what I preached on yesterday as I mentioned. And I said, boy, you remember the, when you first got married and that love you had for that spouse and, 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 and you wanted to open the car door for her and you wanted to make sure everything was just right. And after you're married a little while, she's doing everything she can to get in the car before you you take off time has made a change amen I I got two little boys Daxton he's five and Sattler uh, he's three and my wife uh, I ain't gonna tell you how old she is but anyway um, um, my little boy Daxton uh, there's a little old girl named uh, Alexis a preacher friend of mine brother Keith Bowles has a little girl named Alexis and she's she's five too and she's got it bad for Daxton I mean, she's got it bad. Brother Keith was coming to Laysom, Florida, our church, and I said, just bring your wife and kids over to the family. They can hang out with Grace and the kids at the house. we got a trampoline. They can play and have a big old time. And so they was driving over there, and, and uh, Alexis asked her mama, said, Mama, where are we going? He said, we're going to Brother Josh and Miss Grace's house. She said, is Daxton going to be there? She, she said, well, I guess. She said, oh, Mommy, put my hair in a ponytail. She's five. 
But she got it back. Daxton, he don't care. He don't care nothing about girl. He just, if it ain't a dinosaur or a Batman, he don't care. He gets it on us, preacher. He gets it on us. But what I'm, that's just an inside joke, and we only know what it's like. We shut the door, all right? But what I'm saying is that, that little girl, she don't understand love. She don't comprehend it. She just likes being around. You remember when you didn't understand everything about God? You just like being around him. You wanted to talk to him. You wanted to read his word. You didn't have quite everything understood. You didn't have it quite all nailed down, but you sure did love him. And can I say this, my God? Hey, you'll never love them out there until you love him. Your love for them, we ain't went to all this tonight. Your love for them will not be right if your love for him is not right. He said, I remember your passion. Number two, he said, I remember your purity. Watch what he said in verse 3. Israel was holiness unto the Lord. He said, I remember when you wanted to live right and wanted to do right. I remembered when, I, I'm drawing application to you and I today, but you, God says, I remember when after you first got saved, I could put my finger on something in your life, so you know what, I don't like that. And without arguing, you'd say, okay, God, I'm going to get rid of it. You don't like that, Lord? I don't want to do anything that's displeasing to you. I'll get rid of that out of my life. But somewhere along the way, we allow sin to take a foothold. And we allow the things of this world to have a stronger grasp upon us than what they once did. He said, I remember your passion. I remember your purity. He said, I remember your production. Look what he said in verse 3. And the first fruits of his increase. He said, I remember when you was producing fruit. He said, you were, your life was not stagnant. But fruit, we understand Galatians 5 teaches us about the fruit, singular, of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. You know that list. Long-suffering, temperance, meekness, against such there is no law. I might have missed one. But I'm saying the fruit of the Spirit you're producing. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Much fruit. You know... You, you, I've been down to Florida before and been, and been around them orange, them orange orchards or you've been around apple trees and I've never walked by an apple tree and heard the tree going, oh, i got to produce fruit. i got to produce fruit. i got to produce apples. You know why? Because it's just natural for an apple tree, if he's got water and he's exposed to the sun, he's going to produce apples. I wish I had somebody. It's natural for a Christian, if he's in the water of the Word and exposing himself to the Son of God, he'll produce fruit. He said, I remember your passion. I remember your purity. I remember your production. He said, I remember your, your protection. He said in verse number 3, All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. He said, I remember when you trusted in me. When, you, when problems came and you couldn't handle it on your own and you came to me. But you know what happens along the way? The new wears off. The new wears off. Now this is not a, this is not a critical statement because it happened at my church. It probably happened, it'll happen at every church. But you let a new pastor come to a church, he'll have 25 visitors his first month. You know why? People want something new. They want a new voice. There's nothing wrong with that. If you come to my dead church, come here. Praise God, you made a good decision. Amen. But what I'm saying is that same boy's careful, especially on the Carolinas. Once the new wears off, you know what they got to do? They got to go find another new voice. They got to find another new voice. They got to find something new. And can I say this? Don't, you know, people, they'll go out and buy the number uh, 2019, the newest pickup truck they got. You know what? Come around this time next year, they're going to go and trade it in. You know why? It ain't new anymore. 
They're not satisfied. Now, I believe there's a difference between being complacent and being content. Paul said in Philippians 4, I've learned whatever sort of state I am therewith can be content. What's sad is we've got that mixed up. We're complacent instead of being content. There's the remembrance of the past. We're, we're, we're moving pretty good. Let's look at the second one. There's the rebellion of the present. Look at verse number 5. I'm going to run through these quickly. And, and whatever the Lord touched my heart on, I'll spend time on. Verse number 5, I find the direct cause. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me that are gone far from me and walked after vanity and become vain? He's saying, um, is, it, is it my fault that you left me? Is it, is it my fault you walked away? Is there iniquity with God? God is saying, is there iniquity in me for you to walk away? Well, we know there's no sin with the Lord. And so if you're not close to God tonight, it ain't his fault. You heard that story of that man and woman, elderly couple days riding down the road one day in an old pickup truck with just one bench seat across the front. And that, that she's sitting in the passenger seat and he is driving. And she looked over at him and she said, Honey, do you remember when we first got married? We'd ride in this old pickup truck down these roads and we sat a lot closer together. That old man never looked away. He just kept his eyes on the road and said, Honey, I ain't moved. Do we have a witness in the church tonight? Some of you men are saying, him pecked a rooster would hang his head when he walked by you. Come on now, be all right. Amen. I ain't moved. Can I say it's the same way with God? I just ain't close to the Lord anymore. Well, what's your problem? It ain't, it, there ain't no sin with him. He's, we'd agree, God's perfect, right? God's holy, there ain't no sin. So if there's something between me and him, it's got to be on me then. The direct cause. Watch this, disregarding conduct in verse 6 and 7. Neither said they, where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of the deserts and pits, and through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land uh, which no man passed through, where no man dwelt. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat thereof, of the goodness thereof. And when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. He said, you forgot all I've done for you. He said, I brought you out of Egypt, salvation. I brought you across the Red Sea. I brought you into a land flowing with milk and honey, the land of Canaan. But you've neglected me. You forgot about me. Hey, if we're not careful, we'll think that good job we have. We'll think the nice car we have and the nice house we have. Well, the reason I have these things, I'm a hard worker. By the way, God blesses hard work. I believe we ought to be hard workers. But may I remind you, what we have tonight is not a result of our hard work. Anything we have tonight is because God gave us breath and God gave us ability and God gave us opportunities to earn those things and work for them. Amen. Watch this, a defiled country in verse 7. He said, well, when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. He said, everything I gave you, you defiled. I gave this illustration last night. Say, God, Brother Nick gave you, Brother Nick, right? Gave you a brand new 2019 whatever truck you like, whether you're a Dodge man, a Ford man, Chevy man, Toyota man, or whatever they'll give you, man, all right? And, and you, got a, you got a brand new truck, and then get you a nice bass tracker to pull behind it. Somebody say Amen. Hallelujah. He's praying that'll come to pass. Wouldn't you say that's a blessing from the Lord? But you know how it becomes defiled? If he takes it out on Sunday. And he goes fishing on the Lord's day instead of being in the house of God. You know what? He just defiled God's blessing in his life. Defiled country. Look, look at verse 8. Disobedient clergy. The priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. 
The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after the things which do not profit. He said the preachers wouldn't even stand for truth. They wouldn't even do what was right. And can I say this? That's not a problem here at this church. Somebody say amen. But as a whole in this world, there ain't many men of God left per capita when you think about all the sinners in the world and all the real true men of God who are living right and doing right, preaching the King James Bible. We're a few among many. Because many people are, are, are going uh, astray and going after the things of the world. Most preachers are going after money and going after meetings and going after men and trying to get a following instead of following the Lord. They're more concerned about who they're following on Twitter instead of following Christ. They're more, so I said, how many followers do you have? I'm like, I hope I, ain't, I hope I ain't got none. I hope they're following. Hey, if I have any followers, the only reason they're following me is I'm following Christ. That's what Paul said. Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. Look on in the text, verse number 11, a desire for counterfeit. I'm skipping a lot of this, but hath the nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. This verse is not saying they didn't have glory anymore. They just changed glory. Brother Keith Vols, I mentioned him, and I may, I may use him in an illustration tomorrow night. He, he's a dear friend of mine. I don't know if you ever got to meet him or not, but uh, he, he's just a little bit older than me. But he was preaching yesterday, and I was watching him online. He preached a message on the wind. John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind blow it where it listeth. He said, you know what? He said, you cannot make the wind blow. Go out here and say, all right, wind blow. It ain't going to happen. But you know what I can do? I can make air move, but that's not the wind blowing. In fact, I could get a big enough machine in here, Pastor, and I could turn that machine on and mess up every woman's hair in the building. But it's not wind blowing. It's manufactured. I control it. Is that not what we're dealing with in 2019? People trying to control the atmosphere in the house of God and trying to get it right where they want it. And they're trying, I mean, there's preachers, they know how to make you cry. They know how to make you laugh. They know what buttons to push. And just let, instead of just letting God do His work. Desire for counterfeit. Dangerous choice, verse 13. For my people committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountains of living waters. They forsook the Lord. Watch the damaged cistern. And a few of them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Those cisterns were places they built out that they would transport water to. But it wouldn't hold water. They couldn't quench their thirst. Look on. Look down at verse number 27. I'm, I'm hurrying. We're going to get through this real quick. Watch a disrespectful cry. Look at verse 27. Saying to a stock, thou art my father, and to a stone, thou hast brought me forth. Talking about them false gods are worshiping. For they have turned their back unto me and not their face. Now what? This is not Jeremiah talking. God speaking. This is God speaking through Jeremiah. Here's what God says. But in the time of their trouble, they will say, Arise and save us. We just commemorated 9-11, 18 years. And boy, 18 years ago, America wanted God. But gave them about two weeks. And what they've done? They put him right back in the closet. You know what God said? Look what God says, a disappointing confidence, verse 28. But where are thy gods which thou hast made? Let them arise if they can save thee in the time of trouble. For according to the numbers of thy cities are thy gods, O Judah. He said, hey, them false idols you've been worshiping, why don't you call them when you need something? That's not a smart aleck preacher saying that. That's God saying that. If we're not careful. That mentality will sneak in the church. Got a couple in my church. They, uh, he, last year, 
uh, you'd probably know Mike and Sherry if you saw Mike and Sherry Alexander, uh, a precious couple. They're both retired, and Brother Mike started having some uh, trouble, thought he was having some strokes, went in the hospital, went to the doctor last year, found out he had a brain tumor on this side of his head. They went in there, cut that brain tumor out. They said, Mr. Alexander, you're good. Along about May of this year, he started having seizures. They went in, they found that brain tumor had come back in the same exact spot. And last two weeks ago, they went in and took that tumor out again. And I used an illustration. I said, Brother Mike and Miss Sherry didn't start praying when the cancer showed up. They already had a relationship with God. But if we're not, and I, I'm not against calling on the Lord during times of trouble, and, and sometimes God will use trouble to get your attention. I'm not preaching against that. But let's not use God as a spare tire. I have a spare tire on my vehicle out there. You know the last time I looked at it? I can't remember. You know why? Because thank God I've not had a flat tire, and I want to keep that street going. Because the only time you need a flat tire is when something goes wrong, a spare tire is when something goes wrong. So we've seen the, the uh, remembrance of the past, the rebellion of the present. But Jeremiah 2 and 3 is one message that Jeremiah preaches. So let's look at Jeremiah 3. We're, we're skipping over some things, but I, I want to give you the meat of it. There is the remedy for the people. I'm talking about a backsliding Baptist church. All of us, and I know some people don't like that term backslide. It just means you're not where you're supposed to be with the Lord. If there ever was a time in your life when you're close to the Lord than what you are right now, then you need to get right. That's basically what that's saying. Don't let that term scare you. It's not losing your salvation. If you've ever been married, you know what backsliding is when there's something between you and the missus. Amen. And by the way, men, we always ask this question, what's wrong? And, that, and the wife is always good to give us, give us that great informative answer. Nothing. I told my wife one day, I said, honey, if you're up the, upset over this much over nothing, God help if anything happens. That was not a good thing to say. That was not a good thing to say. It was a learning moment. Usually I know what I've done. By the way, when things ain't right between us and God, deep down in our heart, we know. So what's the remedy for the people? Watch this, verse number 12, chapter 3, verse 12. Watch the amazement. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return thou backslide in Israel, saith the Lord, and I will, not, I, will, uh, I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you. For Watch this now. For I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. That amazes me that we have a God full of mercy. Watch the acknowledgement, verse 13. Only acknowledge thy, thine iniquity, and thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God, and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree, and have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Hey, you know why? You know, you know what's the problem with the, with the millennial generation? It ain't my fault. Well, the reason that I, I you know, got arrested because it's the cop's fault. Or the reason this happens because somebody else's fault. Whatever happened, own it up and saying. I blew it. It's my fault. I messed up. I made a mistake. Watch these words. I was wrong. That's not just in America. That's in the church. When, when's the last time you went to somebody, there was a trouble between you two, and you went to them and said, Brother, I was wrong. Somebody said, Well, I wasn't. Well, somebody was. And it's a 50-50 chance. It's you. Amen. There's the acknowledgement. Watch this, there's the action, verse 14. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one for a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. It's one thing to be amazed at God's mercy. It's another thing to acknowledge you made a mistake, but now you've got to put it in action. Turn. Repent. 
if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Watch this. There's an acquisition in verse 15, Jeremiah 3, 15. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. God said to help you get right, I'm going to give you some men of God that are after mine heart that shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Well, I'll take 30 seconds and thank God for the men of God in our life that God has used to help us and grow us in our Christian faith. You know, over in Ephesians chapter number 4, the Bible said in verse number 11, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Here's why. Three reasons. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the the unity of of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Thank God for the men of God that he'll, that God will give your, when you're not right and you know you're not right, God will put a message on that man's heart and you'll think your wife has told him everything you've been doing and she ain't said a word but God's been saying, you need to preach this and I, can I let the cat out of the bag? Most of the time we don't know who we're preaching to. There's been a few times I've known who I was preaching to but there's been times I said, Lord, I don't know why I'm preaching this and I want to have somebody go out the door and say, preacher, that was for me today. God used that in my heart. Thank God for those times when God's done that in my life. Watch this. There's the advancement in verse 16, 17, and 18. I won't take them to read all the verses, but it's talking about they will go to Jerusalem and worship at Jerusalem. And they, they shall say no more of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. It's talking about the millennial reign. During that thousand years when we'll actually go to Jerusalem and we'll worship Jesus Christ sitting on the throne of his father David. Here's the application I want to pull out. He said things will start getting better when I'm on the throne. Can I say this? You'll, you'll get right with God when you put, give Him His proper place in your life. Here's the last thing. Here's the answer. Look at verse number 22. Here's the answer, and I'm done. Return, ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. Here's the answer. You ready? Behold, we come unto thee, for thou art the Lord our God. You know what the cure is for backsliding? Draw nigh to God. James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. I got two minutes and I'm done. He didn't give me a time limit, but I put myself a time limit. Because I want to hear Brother Bider preach. You know if you read through the book of the rest of Jeremiah, we know they didn't get it all right. Babylonian captivity came. You know what the sad thing about this? The Lord put in my heart yesterday. Because they wouldn't get it right, Babylonians raised their children. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, they were young men. Daniel chapter 1 when they were taken into captivity. Mom and Dad, if we keep taking steps back, Babylon's going to raise our kids. The world will take our kids and they'll, they'll raise them how they want them. And I encouraged our moms and dads last night, don't take a step back. Take a step forward. Draw nigh to God. Church, God's put a burden in my heart. I, I'm a local church man. I want to help the local church. That is my desire to help the local church. And that's why I'm here. I didn't, I didn't drive six, five and a half hours today, 344 miles to come up here uh, just to preach three sermons. I want to be a blessing. I want God to help us this week. And I want to do my part in the time that's been allotted to me this week to encourage us. Drawn out of God. You know why? This is why. 
This is why. This is why. This is why. This is why. These little ones around here, these in the nursery. Because if they don't, Pastor, you've seen, you've seen, you've pastored long enough, you've seen moms and dads that wouldn't get close to the Lord and their kids are being raised by Babylon tonight. And we don't rejoice in that, obviously. It breaks our heart. And we don't want to see anybody else end up like that. Let's draw nigh to God. I'll close with the statement that I opened up with. If the relationship between the bride and the groom is not right, then there won't be new births taking place. Father, I pray, Lord, that you take this message, use it for thy glory. God, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given us to preach. Thank you, Lord, for the kindness of your people and the good liberty we've had to share the word of God tonight. Bless the remainder of the service. Bless the man of God as he comes in Christ's name. Amen.